GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Welcome, friends and fans, to another episode of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. And today's show will be bigger on the inside than it appears on the outside with three fantastic guests from Doctor Who. So without further ado, let's reverse the polarity of the neutron flow and materialize our guests. Our first guest is an actress whose roles include Victoria, Dancing on the Edge, and The Serpent. Today, she joins us to discuss her roles as Clara Oswald and occasionally Bonnie the Zygon. Please welcome back Jenna Coleman. Hey. Hi. Hey, Jenna, how are you? Good, I'm good, thank you. I love that you always still mention Bonnie the Zygon. Uh, I, I have to. It's just after. Well, first of all, it's. I think it's always fun when, when the actors get to play an evil version, whether it's the mirror version or it's an alien impersonating them or the spy, whatever. So, and again, you play, and you, and you played that, you played that part so well. Thank you. I, I am well in my corner of the world. Uh, big announcement this week. You, have uh, you and several other incredibly fine actors have been announced to be part of the adaption of Neil Gaiman's graphic novel series, the Sandman. And yes. you play a very interesting character, Johanna Constantine, the, uh, I think the great, great grandmother of John Constantine, another beloved uh, DC occult character. So I'm not going to press you on details, but um, I'm so excited for this. And uh, oh, uh, what, I, is there anything that you, that you can tell us about the, uh, your thoughts when, when you, the role came up? No, I'm just, I'm doing this like very kind of like silent nodding and letting you do yes. thing because I have no idea. Yeah what I'm allowed to say or not say. That's absolutely fine. The main thing is, is that it, it in the comics, that character you play is a tremendous role, uh, a very interesting role. And um, I am so looking forward to seeing you and the rest of that cast. And again, they've been talking about doing an adaption of Salmon for so very long. And I know Neil Gaiman, of course, has, has creative control. He has always said, I'm only gonna do it on my terms. And it looks like they have been satisfied. And we are so excited that you are going to be a part of this. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for it to um to come to life to the screens. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, let's uh, bring out the rest of our guests and talk some Doctor Who. <laughs> our next guest is an actress whose body work includes E.R. Arrow and a discovery of witches. Today she joins us to talk about her role as the enigmatically charming Professor Riversong. Please welcome back the always amazing Alex Kingston. Oh, we lost her. Okay. Oh, no, no. She'll be back. All right. Then let's go on to the next. He is an actor and a musician whose body of work includes World of Fire, Broadchurch, and Legends of Tomorrow. Today, he joins us to discuss his role of Rory Arthur Williams, occasionally the Lone Centurion. Please welcome back Arthur Darville. Hello. Hello. We got him. All right. All Hi. right. <laughs> Where's Alex gone? Did she, uh, she I, got sick of it? I, um, oh, she's here. I'm here. I suddenly just completely, I had the same thing as you, Je Jenna. I <laughs> suddenly, you just disappeared, Patty. In the middle of talking, you just disappeared. And the, hmm. the whirly thing just went round and round and round. Hmm. Peculiar. Well, well um, hey, it, I, it, would, it wouldn't be a session with you guys if we didn't have some technical problems somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who, after all? Absolutely. Uh, Jenna, Alex, Arthur, once again, thank you for joining us on the GalaxyCon virtual stage. So glad to have you guys all back. Uh, glad to see you all. Good spirit, good health. Arthur, how you doing in your corner of the world? Yeah, doing all right. Thank you. It's a, it, like it's been it's been grim, hasn't it? Um, in London, it's been pretty. I'm a 
I'm very changeable with the weather. Um, I'm very influenced by it. But now it's so sunny and it just feels like, oh, we can actually go outside and enjoy ourselves and have a nice time. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. And Alex, everything good on your side? Yeah. May last year was the hottest May on record. And this year it's been the coldest, wettest May on record. So um, that, that just gives you an idea of what we've been going through. Um, We're all feeling very jolly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as always, we are so jolly to hear you. Well, glad to see, have you guys all back. Uh, there's absolutely nothing I can ask you guys uh, that I have certainly haven't asked you before. So if it's good with you, I say let's just go ahead and jump right into our audience questions. Let's do it. All right. And our first one comes from Kevin. He wants to know <laughs> if your Doctor Who character had a theme song, what would it be? Ooh. Oh, that's really good. Uh, yeah, it's a great question, actually. Yeah. Uh, oh. Oh, I, well, all right. So the, I think there's a lot of, of me in Rory in various ways, um, especially me around that time. I was a fairly awkward, clumsy. So my cat's absolutely just cleaning himself in the corner. Really getting on the, <laughs> on the show. Here we go. Uh, what's that one's name? Uh, it's called Prince Philip. Um, yeah, I know it's a questionable name. That's good. Um, uh, yeah, and when I, I, I and I, I kind of always saw Rory as quite clumsy, or kind of he's not kind of not good at um, uh, not bumping into things, etc. And when I, I had a similar problem when I was younger, and my my two best friends used to sing the. Um, you know that circus theme tune, just as I walked around um, and inevitably bumped into something, um, much to their enjoyment. Um, but I feel like maybe I could share that with my with my character. I think that would be a, an appropriate song. Fair. <laughs> that 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 kind of that kind of does echo his character arc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fair. Yeah. Uh, Alex and Jedi got a theme song? I want to steal one that I, I kind of partially had, which was um, Car the Carmen one, but that was Oswin from an Asylum of the Daleks episode. And I loved that so much. That was kind of like her theme throughout, but I kind of just want to spread that across some of the other episodes as well. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not inventing one. I'm just kind of taking it from Oswin and moving it over to Clara a bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'd have for River. The the funny thing is, I was convinced that um, Stephen Moffat was um, inspired to create this character River song from the Van Morrison Crazy Love um, because he sings about a River song, um, and uh, so it's it sort of kind of like you know gentle. Um, heartfelt, uh, which isn't necessarily what one would associate with River necessarily as a theme, a theme song, but in a funny sort of way, that is also who she is deep down. So, um, yeah, I think I'd probably say, you know, uh, Van Morrison's Crazy Love. There are lots of songs with the word River in, aren't there? And I think all yeah. of them could be her theme song. Yeah. Take, take Me to the River. Yeah. River. River. Yeah, River Deep Mountain High. Yes. River. Oh, River. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a, there's a lot that could go into uh, for, 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 for some reason the 80 the old 80s song uh or i think it was a disco song she's a bad mamma jamma never heard of it but she's it. a bad mamma jamma <laughs> <laughs> But Kevin, thank you. Wonderful question to start us off with. And what's next? Here's one from Denise and Seth. If Doctor Who had a pet companion, what do you think it would be? Besides canine. Besides canine. Mm. Um, I just pictured an iguana and I have no idea why. <laughs> I feel like it would be like it's something that visually looks, I don't know, like he always seems to have strange best friends so some i feel like some something that looks kind of incongruous next to him and also change, don't they they change um according to their background so in a funny sort of way that's a bit like the doctor isn't it mm. yes i think you might have a ferret what a ferret just you know those guys that you i don't know if i haven't met a guy like this for about 20 years when i was a kid there were lots of men who had just ferrets who lived inside their clothes i agree they were down their trousers yeah yeah is that a th it's like is that a thing it's not a thing or was that just a birmingham thing uh it's kind of a collegey thing in the 90s yeah like ferrets for a couple of years were a hip pet to have and to carry around and it was old men. It was Wasn't old it? men in pubs. Oh, yeah. Okay, you used to like, smoke pipes and have it's ferrets like, in there. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah, it was really weird. Maybe it was old over there. It was like I said, it was college guys in the nineties. I'm in. It basically it was just an excuse for girls also, to go. Oh, it's cute. Yeah. Well, those American college guys heard about those really cool old men in pubs in in England mm. keeping ferrets in there. Yeah. <laughs> But it wouldn't surprise me if a ferret just popped out and said, you know, went, all right. And you know, really? I've, I've seen um, Matt's doctor with a ferret for yeah. sure. Yeah. In his in his clothes. Matt kind of have, fidgety. Yeah. Fidgety. Yeah. Similar similar en chaos energy. Similar. Yeah. Energy. yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I. I, I I, th I think ferret absolutely works. All right. Any animal, any animal that you can keep. Iguana, Matt with the ferret. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. iguana, though. Yeah, that's something. Just sitting there on the console, the TARDIS, just, and the doctor, he's like, don't look at me like that, you know, <laughs> when he's being, being self-circumspection. Like, David would have a big fluffy cat. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, like a, like a big Persian fluffy thing. I could see that with David Tennant. <laughs> I can see him always picking up and moving it. I've got work to do. Move away. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Denise and Seth, there you go. Thank you. Another fun question. I'm liking these today. What do we have next? From Christy, what other character that you've played would you most like to see interact with your Doctor Who character? Hmm. Ooh. Heavy. I feel like for me, it's. I think it has to be Queen Victoria because it's just something about. I think Queen Victoria putting her in into the, you know, obviously she's been in the in the Doctor Who world anyway. But I don't know. I feel like that dynamic, but especially with her and the Doctor or her trying to be, you know, uh, take charge of that world and enter in, into that uh, scene. So yeah, that I'd go for Queen Victoria. 
I am um, one of my very first, in fact, it was the, my first um, professional job that um, started me on the road to getting my equity card and everything. Um, I was in a, um, a children's play um, and I played a head sparrow, um, <laughs> Dunnock, and um, I was, and the hedge sparrows are cleaners. So um, I was dressed as a cleaner um, with a mop and everything. Um, and, so, and my name was Dunnock. Um, and so I think that's what I'd like to be with the doctor. I'd like to be um, my Dunnock character, the, clean, the cleaner of the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> She turns out the whole time she's always lived there. Always. She's always been there. You just never see her because she only comes out when everybody leaves the TARDIS to go on the adventures. Yeah. Just polishing. Yeah. Of course, of course, of course, River knows her because River always sneaks in whenever the doctor's not around. So yeah. That works. Uh, Arthur, who would who would Rory? Um, mine's one of two. Um I once played, uh, played Mephistopheles in um, Faustus, and I think oh, the Doctor yeah. meeting the Devil would be quite um, an interesting match. But yeah. then, when I, so when you, yeah, no, I think that, that would actually be a really good episode. Um, uh, but also, it, you just made me think about the stuff, roles we played as kids. The first role I ever played at school and this is appropriate because the writer, Eric Carl died this week, the writer. Um, I played the very hungry caterpillar. Um, oh, yeah, you uh, passed. Brilliant. Um, and, but I think the caterpillar could be quite a good um, TARDIS companion for a while. You know, goes crazy, eats everything in the TARDIS. Ooh. Hilarity ensues. And then turns into a beautiful butterfly. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that thing ate my cat and my iguana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd like to see your uh, Long John Silver uh, mm. episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, he'd try and give the doctor a run for his money. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think so. Christy, thank you. Wonderful question. What do we have next from JK? If you were to design your own TARDIS, what would it look like? And exactly. I'm going to assume. Today. The outside of it. Hmm. The outside of it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You can go either way. You, you, you want to have it a different form on the outside, or if you want to have uh, a theme on the inside, it's up to you. Or you want to say both. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, they're quite tough questions this time. Huh? <laughs> I'd want it to be like the ship on Barbarella, like all kind of 70s fur and fireplaces and you know drinks cabinet would be great yeah all right yeah what would it look like on the outside i don't know what's like what's really what blends in i mean a place doesn't really blend in anymore does it like, no no it doesn't um <coughs> and it, and it was <laughs> a portaloo <laughs> You can get TARDIS blue port to lose, can't you? Yeah. Oh, can you? Yeah. Somebody's always banging on the door. Come on! You don't want it out here! I feel like manufacturers of port don't actually make them look like the TARDIS because it's the same kind of blue. 
<laughs> I feel like you've got a great show there. You knock on a portaloo and then you enter in what, like your 1970s yeah. world. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm going to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> it just mustn't smell like a portaloo. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. That chemical smell. <laughs> well, I've missed festivals so much that, you know, you go past a portaloo now and it's quite reminiscent. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, goodness ah so. i think we've all have we all agreed on the on the portaloo in the interior i don't think we can beat the portaloo to be yeah, yeah at least on the outside my imagination is now like god that's been the festivals the festivals is now going to be in this whole yeah, yeah. it's a great good idea if, if it wasn't already a show this would be a great show yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we can really happen Mm. <laughs> absolutely jk there's your answer i <laughs> have a good one what's next here's from iris oh wow if you could relive any one day in your life what day would it be oh gosh <laughs> it's really hard i mean there are, that's really tough actually because if you're my age there are some really big things that have happened, like the day that you gave birth uh, is a day. You know, Would you relive that, though? <laughs> Would you relive that? Well, I think, I mean, for all the pain and all of that, at the same time, that moment, that extraordinary moment of suddenly having birthed a, a, another little human is, is sort of an extraordinary thing. So, but then again, I would also have my wedding day again, my, my wedding day number three, um, because that was, uh, um, the yeah. third time's the charm. I, laugh, I, could, could, uh, I mean, I'd, go through, I'd absolutely go through all that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the monkey's paw. I want to relive my wedding day. No, wrong one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Arthur, how about you? What would you I don't know. To? I mean, uh, I'd, I'd probably have to say my wedding day, to be perfectly honest. It was just the biggest. Uh, and actually just to kind of try and remember it a bit more because it was such a kind of amazing blur, but it was a real great party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think probably yeah. that. Or like a day where I've done something really stupid and I could relive it and make it better, but I just can't think of anything good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a trick about the question. Do you want to just relive a great day or would you want to go back to a not so great day and make yeah. it better? I recently no. lost a really nice pair of sunglasses. I'd like to relive that day and not lose them. Like just hang, hang on to them a bit more. There you go. <laughs> uh, Jetta. Oh, yeah. I, don't know. I feel like maybe I'm kind of with Alex. It has to be like a, I don't know, maybe it has to, if you're going to relive a day, like a day, I don't know, maybe the day that you were born or something so that you can actually remember what it was mm. like. Or had I had children, probably relive, relive the end of the birth scene. <laughs> <laughs> Up until the point where they hand the baby to you and it's just, yeah. 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 That, that's where it begins. Oh, action at that point. Yeah. Absolutely. Iris, thank you. Very fun question. What is next? From Matt Smith. Ooh. Is it? 
What time period or event that you didn't visit on Doctor Who would you have liked to? Hmm. I was always really jealous that you guys got, like, I feel like you did, like, New York. Yeah. Um, and you went to Italy as well, didn't you? Did you? We went to Spain. To film Italy. Where did you do? Oh, yeah, Croatia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. Croatia was was Italy, and then we did Spain, which was the Wild West. But then, yeah, New York was amazing. Yeah, I would have loved to have done that. We did Lanzarote, which was the moon. Oh, holidays! <laughs> <laughs> holidays on the moon. That's great. <laughs> Didn't they do some of Star Wars? No, they didn't do some of Star Wars out there. That's me making it up. No, I went to Lanzarote and it looked like Star Wars. That's <laughs> so my cat's chasing a fly around, but he's quite um he's quite aggressive and uh, I feel like you know. I would have liked to have gone. We 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 were down in that fabulous coal mine, which I thought was sort of really interesting because I'd never been in a coal mine before. But it would have been nice to go. You know, some of the sort of the 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 caves, like in is it in South America where you you have the sort of the largest stalactites and stalactites and yeah. and all of that. That would have been an amazing location for. We're just talking about where we'd like to go on holiday and. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, <laughs> location, location shoots work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I would I would have liked to have seen all of your characters uh, on a Gallifrey adventure. It's always interesting when the Doctor visits, but in the classic Doctor Who, whenever he would go back to Gallifrey, there'd be some big, heavy Time Lord conspiracies and stuff. And the companions in that environment were very interesting, and uh, would have liked to have seen all your characters. All at once, uh, react to that. That would have been, especially since everybody knows the doctor already knows the dirt on him or her. <laughs> I, I mean, I sound like I'm obsessed with this now, and I slightly am. Um, but I, I wish we'd have done one in like the 1970s vision of the future because I think there was such a kind of aesthetic of what space was, like the Jetsons, and that was maybe a bit later, but like and Barbarella and all those, even those kind of Star Trek, like real kind of. Primary color or pastely seventies, uh, the, the skin tight, sparkly yeah. suits, and but without with all this kind of wonky technology, I kind of I like I, li I really like all that. It's dinner time. Here's your food pill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least everybody has a jetpack. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, that was that was that. That was the promise of the future that has still been denied to me. And Matt Smith. Great. We're all a big fan of yours, yeah, and great question. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you're just dying to know that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do we have next? And from Todd, when you accepted uh, your role at Doctor Who, did you have any understanding of how passionate the fan base was? Hmm. No, I didn't. Uh, um, absolutely not. I mean, partly because I think the um the show had only really sort of just been rebooted and um and i was in the states and and um it hadn't really made it over to america yet properly although the the reboot with chris eccleston and then with david was enorm enormously popular in england but it was something that i wasn't wasn't really party to i wasn't watching 
So I didn't know how successful the show was, let alone sort of how the fan base was going to grow. But it's just grown exponentially um, uh, as the years have gone on. And, and uh, But, I mean, you two, you presumably were watching it when it rebooted. Is that right? Or were aware of it? I was definitely aware, yeah. I feel like the, the Billy, Billy Chris, David Tennant years, was. it felt like it was... It was kind of everywhere, but I remember in particular when I was actually in New York and Matt's first um, season was coming out, there was a massive poster of you guys um, in New York. And I remember being like, oh, my God, it's so cool. I'd like Doctor Who's really big here. Um, so I, I remember that that specifically. It was that one where you were kind of like floating, I think. Yeah, as that, as that season was watching. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like... Also, you you get the part, and then you're literally locked away for like ten months. So you're it, you're yeah. so removed from most of it. Really. It's it's quite hard to to get your head around. Mm. I mean, the people kind of go, "Oh yeah, you know, you'll be talking about this for the rest of your life." <laughs> um, uh, and I don't know. At the time, you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." You can't quite understand. Like, I didn't quite understand what that meant. I suppose it's like when you do anything, like you never know how it's going to be accepted. And even though, like, even though, you know, Doctor Who was such a huge thing, especially over here um, in the past, and even though David's and Chris's seasons had done so well, we were all really nervous. We, you know, when it all came out, we were really nervous that, oh, maybe this is when people stop watching it or you know hate it or maybe it won't be successful you know you you just don't know because you are just hidden away um in cardiff just working away and trying to do your job really well um and so even when people go oh this is gonna be massive or you know you're not gonna be able to walk down the street um you can't quite get your head around that until it happens because you're always thinking oh well, it's not actually going to do very well so yeah but if you can kind of go into something anticipate this is gonna this is gonna be huge. Um, so I mean I've never been in I hadn't ever been in a show that um had a an outlet um in the sort of the world of, of the sci-fi conventions. Uh and I hadn't got a clue about about the, this whole world and this um this experience, which I think absolutely feeds and and um keeps the fans uh uh just sort of connected and and um and happy uh you know either during when we're filming and stuff or even when we're past and done like like now so i mean that is that's an extraordinary phenomenon really i think the whole convective cons um and and how that keeps that like when you meet people it's like i I, I did my last episode almost what ten years ago, nine ten years ago, and you meet people who are under ten who are massive fans. It's like wow, this was we did this before you were born. Like yeah, that really always makes me um, surprised. And the fact that you know families still kind of sit down and watch it together and share, I think it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely, indeed, and as. As a longtime Doctor Who fan, uh, you know, I used to joke around, hey, Doctor Who wasn't as prestigious in nerd circles in the 80s as it certainly is now. And Arthur, you're talking about, like, a, a wonderful future. 
I'm so glad that I made it to the point where Doctor Who had the mainstream success that, that it's achieved. And and I thank you all, three of you, for being a part of it. And if Billy was here, I thank that too. And all of your peers and the showrunners and, and everything else. Going back to the Eccleston reboot, it just it 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 made it made the show it gave the show its proper place that uh, us old school fans always wanted it to have. I think that also society's changed so much that, you know, we're much more accepting of, like you say, the nerds or, you know, we're, we're more accepting of people who, um, who, who just ha have a, you know, a different outlook on, on life and, and how they want to live in, in the world. And, uh, and um, it's great I think, when it comes to, uh, you know, having having the community, which is the fact, because uh, everybody can meet up. Um, you know, there's no judgment. There's everybody's incredibly supportive of one another, and I, I think yeah. that it's an amazing, um, uh, amazing, an amazingly positive uh, uh, platform, really. Very, very much so. And Todd, thank you. Great question. And let's roll another one. From Melanie, ooh, is there a famous person you would like to portray in a biopic? Hmm. Hmm. Je Jenna took a lot of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jenna, you've done all the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to do Jim Henson. Oh, oh, dude. Yeah. Because that no one's done that, right? It's too like he's just too nice, though. It would be really, it would be just really dull because it's really he's just really nice, right? Well, he had he had to go he had to, he had to go he had to go through a lot to just get to the Muppets to the Muppet Show and everything else. Yeah. I can see you with the beard. Yeah. Yeah. I I can grow a bad beard. Um, <laughs> I can fill it in. I like play Eleanor Roosevelt. Ooh, yeah! Another very, very remarkable woman of history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think I'm in the right age bracket. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite Eleanor story is when uh, uh, Churchill was able to sneak over here. He and Roosevelt were in the presidential pool, languishing about, literally playing, discussing the Atlantic strategy with toy boats. And they got to the point where they were like, like psh, 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 and Eleanor just walked into it. It's like, what are you doing? You're there's a war going on. You're playing toy boats. Like, uh, uh, okay. And they got out of the pool, dressed up, and sat down to really stop. And she scolded them to get out. And I could see you doing that scene so more miraculously. <laughs> so, all right. So, Jenna, I know this is hard. You've you you you've done some really really good ones. Uh, is there one out there you've always had an eye on? Um, I, I've always, I feel like I've, Cleopatra would be amazing. Mm. Uh, yeah. well, I, I was just thinking then of like, I really loved that, um, Burton Taylor, that Helena Bonham Carter did, yeah. that, like a younger version of that or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, no. Cleopatra works. Awesome. Melanie, thank you. Fun question. Hey, what's next? From Ray, uh, what inspiration do you use to act in intense scenes? Hmm. Depends what's going on, really. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's sometimes the best thing to do is to to like have a real laugh before an intense scene. Like I don't know, like when we were I, I was always amazed when we were doing Broadchurch, um always amazed by Olivia Coleman because she would just be having a laugh right up to the word action, like a really just really messing around like chatting being super nice and then just go into the most like heartfelt beautiful bit of acting she kind of does that thing where she distracts herself from what it is and can then just dive right into it and i always just thought that was amazing i don't know if that's how i do it yeah well, that's that's fair it's kind of fascinating to see isn't it i think yeah. that's yeah it's like you say, it's distraction yeah 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 because like sometimes you can go too intense, can't you? Huh? You can't do that. I don't think I could do that. No, I don't think. I think I it, I would be then too distracted to be able to zone in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I I'm not sure. I, I don't think I use any. I think I just sort of like. I'm just sort of. I don't know. In the moment, I don't think I. I take anything. And bring it in to help you. Um, what about you? Do you? What do you do, Jenna? I don't know. It change. It's different. Like yeah. job to job, completely. Yeah. I just th like thinking. Like I did this show called The Cry, which was so dark and so intense. It was like I think because that was such a marathon, it actually became the lightest job in the world because it was like nobody wants to sit in that or steep in that. So actually between the scenes, it was more that it was complete distraction, like keep it the lighter that it was in between, almost the easier it was to to kind of keep delving in and out in a way. Cause I don't think you could have stayed there constantly. Yeah. But, you know, I find every job's really, yeah, it changes completely. It depends like, who you're working with as well, doesn't it? It depends like who you're actually trying to act with like yeah. also depends too about this, this is a film or on the stage it's a very different yeah. things yeah yeah it's having having to do multiple takes of an intense scene yeah yeah i've worked with an actor i wouldn't say who, is, who before <laughs> every show because they're playing a really intense character would just shout at everyone we just go and like shower everyone like smash doors open like hit things and just intimidate everyone and then get on stage and i thought that was a crap way of preparing uh but uh yeah it was really annoying but um it obviously worked for them because they were really good enough everybody's got their own method <laughs> Ray thank you interesting question what do we have next from Lock Lambert or Lambert uh, what was the most awkward moment on the Doctor Who set for you hmm. I think it was when Matt had to be kind of like naked <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it was like the doctor and then like it just the two it just didn't the two things just didn't go together and I just yeah. didn't what to do um and also he was doing press-ups before we started all right um <laughs> well you've got to do uh, that's not uh, you've got to do what you've got to do you know yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> i just remember like in the scene and the scene like the, with the doctor being it it felt so i don't know you just can't the doctor always you know his costume is his so it was it, yeah. It was very interesting then as as 
as Clara and the Companion in, in terms of completely like unraveled me. Fair. That was almost awkward on me, I think. Um, I don't think this was, I, there was one scene where it had to be like, again, it just in my pants and a top, like tops, no bottoms, which, um, which was fine, but then it's fine when you're filming it. You just, you know, it's just in your pants. But it's the in between. It's when you're like just hanging out, and everyone else has got trousers on. Yeah, pants. We meet pants is pants. Yeah. So yeah, underwear. Yeah, just bright. And they got me these bright orange boxes. So that's when we were just kind of all just chatting in between. And it would like you know, I'm fine just being in my in my pants. It's just that everyone else had trousers on. But that that felt. It just felt a bit weird. <laughs> and then they give you a dressing gown, which doesn't really, you know, I'm still just in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like I've had an awkward moment on the Doctor Who set. I can't think, I can't think of anything being, being awkward. Yeah, I can't. Chase, shh, sorry. I can't think. Yeah. I, I obviously had no awkward moment. No, <laughs> you're just, Joe. You know, it was great, grace and poise the whole time. <laughs> and luck. Thank you very much. I think we have time for one more. Let's see if we can roll out a really fun one. And this comes from Styles. What do you believe would be a piece of advice your character would give? Hmm. Run. <laughs> yeah. Full stop. <laughs> uh, never let your fiance run off with a spaceman. D yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that could be the name of your show with the portaloo. Oh my god, yeah, that's really good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So run and don't run off. <laughs> don't run off. Don't do it. If you're going to steal a diamond, go for the biggest. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> run, don't let your girlfriend run off with time traveling aliens and go for the big. All right. All right. So I think we get to we do one one more. So yeah, let's see if we get one more. Styles, thank you. That was a good one. Hey, Dave, ah, what shows are you currently binge watching? Okay. I just watched half an hour of the Friends reunion before. Has anyone seen it yet? Yeah. No. Yeah. I've not I've not finished yet. I've not finished yet, but I, yeah, I began I began just watching that earlier today. I found that very emotional. Very oh, good. That's good. That yeah. Emotional. yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to unpick, isn't there? Well, yeah, you get to the end. We'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I've, I've got to. I've got to watch it. I'm binge watching two things at the moment. Um, I'm binge watching Money Heist, mm. uh, which, oh my God, it's so good. Ah! Uh, and I've just started watching um, the new Fargo, and I'm I feel like I'm going to start binge watching that as well. Oh, I that, see that. That's all. Yeah, it's really good. But Money Heist. Oh my God, there's four seasons. I have no idea. So, um, 
but that is genius. Really good. I've been keeping it quite light recently. I just watched all of the first season of Ted Lasso and I didn't like it at first. I was like, oh, it's just, I don't know. And then I just got totally sucked into it. And I think Jason Vegas is just brilliant in it. He's really not watching that. It's really funny and real, but like really heartfelt comedy, which is not normally my kind of thing. Maybe I've changed, um, but I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I think they film that around here where I live. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's, it, yeah, yeah, really, it's really good. I really like it. Outstanding, Dave. Great question. Great recommendations. And GalaxyCon viewers, this has been my time with the cast of Doctor Who. Uh, ladies and gent, this has been a delight as always. Any final words for our audience before we go? Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also really impressed with your ability to say GalaxyCon.com so many times. It's really oh. it's difficult. Just the con.com, I would get. Oh, that was that was got it wrong. It's really it's good. That, that was my number one note at the beginning. Was it's God, you gotta hit the inflections right. So yeah. practice, practice, practice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, as always, guys, it's been my absolute pleasure to host you all once again. Thank you for joining us on the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Look forward to hosting you on our physical stages in the future. Like I said, I think we see that light at the end of the tunnel. But in the meantime, the Galaxy Cat Virtual Stage is always open to you. Thank you for our audience for joining us today. And thank you for some really great questions. Hope to see you all again soon. Until then, bye-bye, everyone. Take care. And remember, smiles are free. Spend them often. <laughs>